to Psalm 118. This uh, particular psalm is quoted, some part of it, 13 times in the New Testament. And that may give us some idea of the significance of the psalm, Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I'll not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compass me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compass me about, yea, they compass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compass me about like bees. They're quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord <clears throat> is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. <clears throat> Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter, I'll praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused. This is quoted six times in the New Testament, just this scripture. The stone which the builders refused has become the head of the stone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. 
bind the sacrifice with cords even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are that you are good. There's no darkness in thee, nothing but light. We thank you that every attribute that declares your being is good. <coughs> and how we thank you for the salvation that's in your son how we thank you that your mercy endures forever and lord enable us to say it as you called upon the psalmist to say it let us all say from the depths of our hearts that the lord is good that his mercy endures forever lord enable us to enter into this psalm we pray for your blessing on this service bless us for christ's sake we ask that you would accept our thanksgiving. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins that's in, that is in your son. Lord, forgive us of our sins. We, we pray that you would order our steps in your word and let no iniquity have dominion <coughs> over us. Unite our hearts together to fear your name. In Christ's name we pray. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And here's the reason he's good. He's good all the time. Every attribute that would describe his character is good. His sovereignty is good, isn't it? Don't you love his sovereignty, the fact that he is in control of everything? His holiness is good. His mercy is good. His wrath. You know, there isn't anything that I um, have more difficulty thinking about than the wrath of God. Um, just thinking about an eternal hell, because there is one, but it's good because it's his. Everything with regard to him is good. You believe that? Everything. And his mercy endureth forever. Now that word mercy is the word loving kindness. It's the word that's most often used to describe the grace of God. His mercy is eternal. It never had a beginning. I want you to think about this. You have been, if you're one of his, you have been the object of his saving mercy eternally. There was never a time when you began. <laughs> You've always been in Christ. His mercy endures forever. It's eternal. It will never stop. Isn't that a reason to thank the Lord? He's good. He's good. Whatever he does is good. 
and his mercy endures forever. And remember this about his mercy. When David prayed in Psalm 51.1, he used this same word, hesed, as loving kindness. He said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. That's the word. That which endures forever. That's our plea. When we're, when we're asking the Lord to do something for us, it's because of his mercy. Verse 2, let Israel, God's people, now say that his mercy endureth forever. This would be the subject of our preaching, our public statements, our praise. Let Israel say this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're not going to back down on this. We're proud of this. The Lord's eternal mercy, his goodness. Let Israel say so. Let this be our public speech. Let this be what people hear us say. His mercy endures forever. Verse 3, let the house of Aaron, the priest, now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say. That describes every believer, doesn't it? The fear of God. The fear that makes you afraid to look anywhere but Christ. That's when you're afraid of God. But I'm talking about the fear that's the beginning of wisdom. I'm not talking about a slavish fear, but that fear of reverence. The fear that's the beginning of wisdom that looks to Christ only. Here's what we're to speak of. His mercy enduring forever. Our God is eternal. His salvation is eternal. His mercy endures forever. That is to be our public statement. Now let's go on reading. He said in verse 5, I called upon the Lord in distress, in trouble. Um, these obviously can be the words of the Lord. Every psalm is. I think it is also the word of the psalmist. You're going to have a day of trouble. You know, he said, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I'll answer thee. What a blessed promise. He said, I called upon the Lord in distress, and he answered me, and he set me in a large room, a spacious room. Now, that word uh, distress is a straight place, a narrow place. And he put me in a wide place, a place of liberty, a place of freedom. Verse 6, the Lord is on my side. I'll not fear what man can do unto me. Isn't it a blessing when you realize that the God of glory is for you for Christ's sake? He's on your side. If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm not fear what man can do unto me. Oh, what a waste of time when you worry about what men can do to you. Men are his pawns in his hands, and anything they do is his will being done for your good and his glory. I love what David said when Abshai said, you want me to take uh, uh, Shemai's head off for cursing you? He said, no, the Lord said curse David. The Lord is in control of every event every action. I'll not fear what man can do unto me. I love that when this is um, quoted in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6, verse 5, it says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Well, I'm to be content materially. I, I realize that, but that's not really what that's talking about. What do you have in Christ? 
eternal mercy, the forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal inheritance, justification before God. Are you content with that? You satisfied to be saved that way? Be content with such things. For he has said, this is his promise to every believer. He has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. The promise of his grace. Now, he goes on to say in verse 7, The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. Now, as the psalmist saying, I'm going to get to see vengeance on everybody that's ever done me wrong. I'm going to see my desire upon them. I'm going to, oh, I, I can't wait. It's going to happen. They're, what goes around comes around. They're going to get theirs. Is that what the psalmist is saying? You know better than that. <coughs> the Lord taketh my part with them that help me. You see, everything the Lord is using to help me. Everything. And you know who my enemies are? My sins. Those are my deadly enemies. And I'm going to see my desire upon them. They're going to be blotted out of the universe. I'm going to, be, I'm going to stand before God as having never sinned. I'm going to see my desire upon my deadly enemies, my sins. I hate my sins. I hate them. And I'm going to see my desire upon them. Verse 8 it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Man's a broken, uh, you can't put your trust in man as far as any of the things of salvation goes. Now, it doesn't mean you, you know, I hope you trust your spouse. It's not saying don't trust your spouse. It, it, it's just talking about men in general. They're not, they're sinful, fallen creatures. Remember that. Um, it's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Now, we're thankful for the government and the Lord controlling the government in whatever way he sees fit, but government doesn't protect us. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. We're thankful that he's in control. Uh, aren't you glad it's that way? You don't have to trust in men. You don't have to trust in human institutions. You don't have to trust in the government. We trust in the Lord. Now, I can't see this as anything but uh, the next few verses, but the Lord speaking. and it, uh, He says, all nations encompass me about, but in the name of the Lord, I'll destroy them. They compass me about, yea, they compass me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They compass me about like bees. They're quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Now, one of the things that's so remarkable to think about is the Lord Jesus Christ is the most hated man to ever live. All nations. And what does he say of his enemies? In the name of the Lord, I'll destroy them. They compass me about as bees. He's the most hated man to ever live, and yet with all of the elect, he is the most beloved of all. But this is him speaking with regard to those who wanted to destroy him. Verse 13, thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. Oh, how his enemies made fun of him and sought for him to fall, but the Lord helped me. And you can say the same thing of yourself. It's the Lord that helps you. You're going to have people that are going to seek you to fall, but it's the Lord 
who helps. Verse 14, the Lord is my strength and song. Strength, the power to do. If you believe, it's because he strengthened you to do it. If you love him, it's because he strengthened you to do it. He's your strength. You don't have to worry about failing in that sense. He's your strength. And he's your song. That's your rejoicing. You know what makes me happy? That everything that God requires of me, he looks to his blessed son for. That makes me happy. That's my, that's my song. Uh, that's my rejoicing. That's the ground of my hope. The Lord himself, our, our strength is him. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. He is my salvation. I love what Simeon said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. I'm ready to go because all my salvation is in him. Verse 15, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. Don't forget this. It's easy to forget. But every believer is described by this word, the righteous. I don't feel very righteous. I understand that. But you have nothing less than the very righteousness of Jesus Christ, his life as your life before God. Every believer is righteous. May the Lord enable us to remember that he is our righteousness. He's made unto us righteous. I, bold shall I stand in that great day. For who ought to my charge shall lay, fully absolved from these I am, my sins, from sin's tremendous curse and shame. The tabernacles of the righteous. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteousness, the right hand of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, his strength doeth valiantly. That's speaking of his strength. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. And Christ is quite often in the scriptures called the right hand of God, the power of God. And this is how valiant, this is how strong he is. One of these days, I'm going to stand before God and this is going to be my experience. Holy, unblameable, and unreprovable. Now that shows how strong he is. That he can take a sinner and make that sinner holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. He says in verse 17, I shall not die, but live. And this, I think, actually refers more than anything else uh, to the resurrection of Christ. He's not going to stay dead. He's going to live and declare the works of the Lord. And isn't that our preaching? Declaring the works of the Lord. Is there any other subject? The works of the Lord, his works in creation. He created the universe. His, his works in providence, I'm so thankful. He's the first cause of everything. No matter what it is, he's the cause of it. Oh, we declare his work in salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. That, that's our preaching. He says in verse 18, The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he's not given me over unto death. 
Now that, um, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, but none of them are going to be destroyed. Open, verse 19, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go in unto them, and I will praise the Lord, the gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. Now, Christ said, I'm the door. I'm the door. He is the gate of righteousness that we're able to enter in. And I, I love the simplicity of Christ telling us, I am the door. He's the way of entrance to the Father. He's the only way we get in. But we get in. And uh, he's the door that lets us out into liberty and freedom and the large place he speaks of. He's the door that keeps us in and preserves us. Um, he's the door that keeps out anyone who comes on the footing of their own merit. He keeps them out. He is the door. He's the gate of righteousness. Verse 20, or verse 21, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused rejected, has become the head of the corner. Let's uh, turn to one passage where this is found and hold your finger there and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse... To whom coming? I don't believe there's a more clear uh, declaration and illustration of what a believer is than that statement. To whom coming? Always coming to Christ for all things. To whom coming? As unto a living stone, and then he quotes what the psalmist said, disallowed indeed of men, rejected by the builders, but chosen of God and precious. You also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Those sacrifices are all acceptable because of Jesus Christ, by him. Wherefore also it's contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded unto you therefore which believe. He is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. That's God's word. Whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar or a purchased people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. 
Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Now this is the way this scripture is used in the New Testament. Go back to Psalm 118. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. Verse 23, this is the Lord's doing. Don't you love it that salvation is the Lord's doing? And everything <coughs> with regard to salvation is the Lord's doing. <coughs> the reason I have confidence is my salvation is the Lord's doing. I... I've got confidence in his doing. This is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. It's glorious in our eyes. Don't you love that salvation is the Lord's doing? That he did it all? And you're complete in him? And that's, that's marvelous in our eyes. Verse 24, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I, this is the day right now. Uh, and every day. And I, I love to think of, of the day when the Lord became incarnate. And all of a sudden, he was in Mary's womb. Isn't that incredible? This is the day the Lord made. He did this. Think of the day of his birth. After spending nine months in his mother's womb, he, oh, what a day. I think of every day of his life. Perfection. That's my life. That's my obedience before God. Every day is a good day, a perfect day, a righteous day. I think of the day of his death when he put away my sin. I think of the day of his resurrection when he was risen from the dead. Every believer was justified. I, I love to think of the day of his ascension when he went back to the Father. I don't understand this. Um, he left heaven <laughs> and he was in this place this miserable place for 33 years he accomplished salvation after he was risen from the dead he was here for 40 more days giving his disciples instruction then think about him going back into glory <laughs> what a day I think of his disciples the angel said, you men of Israel, why, why are you standing staring at this? Well, I understand why they were staring. I would have been too. <laughs> Look at him going back up. And what a day his return will be. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And here is our continual prayer. Save now. This isn't a one-time prayer. This is... An encouragement to me and you right now. Save now. Not later, Lord. We're <laughs> Save now. We're encouraged to pray this. Save, save now. I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee. Send now prosperity. And he's not talking about material prosperity. He's talking about the prosperity of grace. Send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord. Which hath showed us light. Now. I think this is very interesting. 
when do you know you've been given light by the Lord himself? <coughs> what does he refer to? God is the Lord with his showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. When the Lord gives you light, Christ and him crucified, his sacrifice is all to you. Is this all to you? Christ Jesus and his perfect sacrifice making you acceptable before God for God's glory and your salvation. That's light. That's the light he gives. Thou art my God, I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Now look, look at verse 1 of this psalm. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. And look at verse 29, a repetition exactly. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, what I love about this, where he began, he ends. And our salvation, where it began, Christ is all. His mercy endureth forever. That's where it began. Even in our experience, that's where it begins. It ends where it begins. Christ is all. He is good. His mercy endureth forever. What a wonderful song.